following program is your wake-up call. Listen to discretion advise. <laughs> Welcome to the Progressive Union. I am your host, Dorian DeLeonardo, broadcasting to you from New York City. We report the news the corporate media ignores. Joining me for this hour, as always, is my husband and co-host, Tony DeLeonardo. Prisoner, show yourself. <laughs> Starting to feel like Papillon. <laughs> confined. Oh. Five years. Solitary confinement. Quarantine. I hasn't... envy him because he wasn't stuck in there with his wife. Oh, stop. Anyway, well, you all feel it, right? Everybody feels it. Whoever's in this quarantine state, <laughs> the limits we have, the things we can and cannot do. And every time we do something, we feel like we're um, like Marines going into like battlefield you got to go in with your mask and your gloves and, you know, sanitize your debit or credit card when you get home and not touch anything and wear a shield over your face. I mean, it's it's just, it's too much. But anyway, uh, glad to be with everybody today. And um, I guess in some states, you're not quarantined and you're splashing around in a pool somewhere, not wearing masks, or maybe you're in the food store wearing a mask. I don't know. Um, all I know is, is every single day, no matter what holiday it is, or if it's a weekend, we have to listen to Andrew Cuomo. New York tough. Oh my God. I get it. I'm New York tough. Oh my God. And every time I, every day I come on and I give you this fluff. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a bunch of BS. So Andrew Cuomo, um, I don't know how many people are still watching Andrew Cuomo in the state, out of the state, but, um, you know, like most people that are darlings of the media for a while, the, the bloom falls off the rose, you know, and it's about time for that. So there were stories about Andrew Cuomo, uh, not good ones, negative stories in the New York Post, which we don't have do to give too much credibility to, but also uh, in The Guardian and a lot of other publications because it turns out Mr. New York Tough, um, you know, didn't handle this all in the best way. Now, I understand there's nothing you could do about the fact that virus is coming, but he could have acted a little bit faster and a little bit differently. And one area is the fact that we have had in our state over 5,000 deaths in nursing homes, which far exceeds any other state, even California that has us beat by millions of people. So um, this is from the Guardian. Cuomo gave immunity to nursing home executives after big campaign donations. Critics say data proves New York's liability shield is linked to higher nursing home deaths during the pandemic. So as Andrew Cuomo raced, uh, faced a spirited challenge in his bid to win New York's 2018 Democratic primary to become governor, he had an opponent. Uh, it was Cynthia Nixon and the time before that, it was Zephyr Teachout. Do I have that? Yeah, I have that correct. Yeah. So um, he has been challenged from the left. So um, his, the, his political apparatus got a last-minute boost in money. A powerful healthcare industry group suddenly poured more than a million dollars into a Democratic committee backing his campaign. Less than two years after that flood of cash, the Greater New York Hospital Association, the GNYHA, Cuomo signed legislation last month quietly shielding hospital and nursing home executives 
from the threat of lawsuits stemming, stemming from the coronavirus outbreak. The provision inserted into an annual budget bill by Cuomo's aides created one of the nation's most explicit immunity protections for the healthcare industry officials, according to legal experts. Critics says, say Cuomo removed a key deterrent against nursing homes and hospitals, hospital corporations, cutting corners in ways that jeopardize lives. As those critics now try to repeal the provision during this final week of Albany's legislation, legislative session, they assert that data prove that such immunity is correlating with the higher nursing home death rates during the pandemic, both in New York and in other states enacting the same immunity pro, uh, policies. New York has become, become one of the globe's major pandemic hotspots, and the center of the state's outbreak has been nursing homes, with more than 5,000 New Yorkers have died. Those deaths have occurred, as Cuomo's critics said, he took a hands-off approach to regulating the healthcare industry's interests that helped bankroll his election campaign. In March, Cuomo's administration issued an order that allowed nursing homes to readmit sick patients without testing them for COVID-19. So then the whole thing spreads like wildfire. Of course. Amid allegations of undercounted casualties, the governor also pushed back against pressure to have state regulators more stringently record and report death rates in nursing homes. Then came Cuomo's annual budget, which included little notice passage shielding corporate officials who run New York hospitals, nursing homes, and other health care facilities from liability from COVID-related deaths and injuries. So let me just step back and, you know, we can digest this. So let's remember, you could not go to the nursing home and visit your loved one to see how they were, right? You were not allowed to go to the nursing home. You were also not allowed when you admitted your family member for any reason to visit the hospital, right? And to be the advocate for this sick family member, especially somebody who's older, and make sure the hospital's doing the right thing. For anyone who's ever been sick or a caregiver or a family member of someone in the hospital, you know the advocates have to be there. Somebody has to be there watching over what's happening. I'm not saying every hospital's bad or all nurses are terrible. or I'm not saying anything like that. I'm saying that they have a lot of patients, that's your loved one, and somebody should be minding what's going on and somebody who's not in the bed as the patient. Now, in this case, some of these patients are on machines. They're in comas. They can't speak for themselves. They're in a hospital. They're um, quarantined. They're in a room where even the doctors or nurses don't come in very often. It's a really awful situation. And 85% of the people in ventilators died. So there goes, there's your liability right there. Oxygen overload. Yeah, I think we've been listening to someone that all of you should listen to. um, And Tony listens without fail every day. Gary Null. Hi, this is Gary Null. (laughs) Um, He sounds like that other guy, that painting guy. The guy that paints. He's the Bob Ross of good health. Yeah, he is. If you Google Gary Nell, you will see he has a podcast on Podbean. I don't know where else it is, but you can put the Podbean app on your phone. He's got two different shows. Well, if you live in New York, he's on from noon to 1, one. o'clock on 99.5 WBAI. WBAI. 
Now, sometimes they snip the beginning of his show and the end of the show. It's like he's little. <laughs> his show is almost like a link sausage. They kind yeah. of cut him at the at the. Uh, but you can get the whole show on the podcast. Like, you know, they do a bad circumcision on him. Or you can, you know, just Google it, and there's a oh, website. That hurt. <laughs> and you can listen. But he is an expert on health and wellness. He's run written tons of books. He is a person that knows everything about vaccines and that they are not safe to take in any shape or form in this country. And I hate Bill Gates. Yeah, um, he'll give you a lot of history on a lot of truth that you're not going to hear on the mainstream media because he he talks about health, okay? And that's one thing that's getting lost in the conversation about COVID-19. So the reason why I bring up this Guardian report about Cuomo is, as you can see, Cuomo is not, <laughs> he's not protecting grandma. Um, he's not protecting your family member that's in the hospital. We know people that have passed, people that have been sick, people that were in the hospital, people that thank God because they had an oxygen generator in their house because the husband has allergies that saved herself from going to the hospital and god knows she might have died because the ventilator it just doesn't seem like many people get past that and the oxygen generator actually resolved her breathing and then the doctor gave her an antibiotic and she got better i mean she was sick for about a month really sick but she did get better her husband got it they did the same thing and the daughter wasn't all that sick younger daughter so they were all in the house and they gave it to each other which is usually how people get it so in the case of Mr. New York Tough, Mr. Cuomo, the COVID um, circular so he store. gave back to his donors, you know, the gimme. He took away all the regulations, which is very Republican-esque and not very Democratic party. Um, but there's really no difference almost between the two these days, folks. So now you have no right to sue. And I guarantee there are going to be people, there are people out there that think the hospital did not do right by their family member. Who knows? You go into the hospital, maybe you're on medications. Who's going to remind the nurses to take it? I know when people are sick and they get older, the family member has to remind them and give them a piece of paper and tell them, like, this is what my, my family member takes. This is what my husband takes. My daughter takes whatever. So... Cuomo, you know, he, he took care of the donors, okay? And we've been telling you this all along, that most of these people do not work for you. They work for the corporations, the millionaires and the billionaire. They start saying like Bernie, but that's who they work for. So uh, that's why we lost so many elderly people in the nursing homes, because they could just do whatever. It didn't matter. They didn't have to worry about you know, uh, giving protect- protective gear to their Honey, employees. Those places are horrible. To begin with, on this. a good day, on a good day, yes. We, had a per- we have a personal friend that was looking into one for her mother, and she kept leaving. They were like horrible places. Yeah, she, goes, she would I go. Can't put my mother here. She would go unannounced uh, to check them out. She's a nurse. She's like beyond a nurse. She is actually a doctor as well. But she used to go unannounced to just like observe and see you know what they were doing and she never put her mother in a nursing home because i would never I, I would never tell anybody to do that you know that's like an absolute last resort so places that are already like not the greatest place to be by any stretch of the imagination um now you made it worse and now you're bringing people there that have the virus like what a surprise are you trying to kill those people i mean that's the number and if i'm starting to look at the statistics here in queens and it looks like the vast majority of people that died were 75 and up 75 and up 
Then there's like a chunk 65 to 75. And then after that, the numbers got lower and lower and lower and lower. Um, so we still have some spikes uh, in like, there's like three Rockaway, Corona. What was the other town I told you? Elmhurst. They're, they're still well, having... That's uh, far Rockaway. Yeah, they're still having cases. So And the Bronx still has cases. So it's, it's far from over here. Um so uh, that is uh, we, we put a little put a little light on Mr. Cuomo and and there'll be more okay um, and he made this excuse when he did this and he put the elderly back into the nursing homes knowing that they probably had the virus um, he defended it by saying oh we had to keep the hospitals you know have have room in the hospitals we had the boat that was never used the ship that trump yeah, sent they us put that thing in the jacob javits center that they hardly used it i never saw anybody going in no and out of there. they didn't ha they hardly used it they always had the places that were crowded were the poor hospitals elmhurst and they sort of allowed that to happen i mean that just grew by day day by day they couldn't have come in and, and and transferred some of those people they couldn't have said please don't wait on this line next to each other it's almost like they let it happen right and now without saying names they should have let only about 50 people in a line with numbers stand out 50 is too many all right 25 to 30 that's not that's even too many they were standing six, there for hours six feet from each other yeah they weren't doing line, that like you're on a ticket holders line waiting to go to a movie and that's when they told us well, they were doing like ticket holders. They were right next to each other. People were dropping dead, standing next to each other. People were coughing. That's when they told us not to wear masks. So anyway, so that's the Mr. Cuomo story that I have today. The other thing I have to say is they absolutely keep telling us to stay inside. They're just pushing that agenda. Now, if you look at a map and you look at the activity up to, I would say, May, go to the beginning of May. Don't go further. And you look at the infection rate all over the world. If you look at the countries that were still in summer, their infection rate's very low because it is sunny outside and it is warm outside and viruses do not live outside. I know you're going to say Donald Trump said that, but he said it in a stupid way. And that's I don't why. Care what he said. But that's why people say, oh, he's an idiot. He's really not because the flu is a virus that we get when it is cold out. 40, 50 degrees, they love it. A little colder, this it's still floating around. Once it gets warm out, 75 degrees and more, and this is science, this is science proved, reviewed, peer-reviewed science. So you'll see like countries like Australia and South America, they don't have high infection rates. They don't tell you it's because it's summer. It was summer there. Here, when we had the spike, it was between 40 and 50 degrees. And that's why the virus lived everywhere. And then they told everybody to stay inside. Then it got warm out. You should get your butt outside. You should be outside as much as you possibly can, getting vitamin D from the sun, by the way, and take some vitamin D while you're at it. Walking, exercising, losing some weight, not taking in so much sugar. I mean, these are all things that we've learned listening to people that are experts on nutrition and health. Uh, and it is also peer-reviewed and factual. I mean, you can go look at, you know, all these different medical research websites, and they will tell you this. So in Italy, for example, they had very low vitamin D levels, and they were also very elderly and very polluted areas 
of Italy is where it was the highest. So they had bad pollution, bad air, deregulation, not they had very low vitamin D of, levels. A lot of them are overweight. Overweight elderly people. And they smoke like fiends. And they also had a lot of um, uh, a lot of pre-existing conditions. So adding all those things up, and they also had a lot of um, loss in their socialized medicine because of all the upheaval in their government. So they don't have like the system that they used to have. A lot less hospitals available, which is the same thing in New York City, by the way. Um, really good trauma centers. They closed some of them. Same thing there. So you really have to like look at the bigger picture than just a number and try to find out who is this hurting. But the best thing that people can do, no matter who you are, is not only wash your hands, which is a very good thing to do, and wear a mask and, you know, clean off your groceries, whatever you can do to keep the virus out of your house. Yeah, lay off the perverted sex. Oh, you're funny. And also... Take some vitamins and take responsibility for your own health. I mean, no one's saying this. I mean, this country is just unbelievably overweight. I mean, young people are heavy. Older people are heavy. I mean, it's just normal to see somebody who's 50 pounds overweight. It's common now. When we watched the Little Rascals as a kid, there was only one kid <laughs> fat that kid. was fat. Yeah. ubsy. That's it. Everybody else was running around. Right. I, I really don't, when I was growing up, I really don't, I mean, there was a couple of chubby kids, but I mean, they weren't. They were standouts, though. Like, you knew who the chubby kid sometimes was. Sometimes the kids grew up and they, they hit their teens and they started working out and playing sports and they dropped whatever weight they had as a kid. Right. Yeah, it was unusual to be that heavy. That was I mean, considered I was unusual. I was the skinny kid, but I re now that I look back, I don't remember any morbidly obese kids and it's normal I mean, there now there's a couple of chubby ones no it's normal and now. I, that was in junior high i mean you see young women that are 100 pounds overweight 80 pounds overweight 50 pounds overweight yeah, ooze, it, all the time packed into a, a, a black stretch pants yep waddling in and out of starbucks You're funny well that's one of the problems they have sugar is very bad for your immune system so you should be reducing Dairy. sugar uh, dairy is not great for it either, but sugar is very bad. Um, oils like vegetable oil, fried anything, that's all bad. Um, we taking vitamin C, D, A, E. We take elderberry syrup, which is also good for the immune system. Zinc. I mean, if you can do that, get some sunshine, take a walk, um, you know, and continue with this social distancing and all this other stuff. At least you're trying, you're, you have an immune system. Like I tried to tell somebody the other day, you know how many viruses and bacteria that we battle every single day? Every day. We're all giving each other germs. We're touching so much, so many things, right? So how are we battling cooties, that? Cooties, cooties. Who's battling the cooties? Your immune system. But you wouldn't put like really bad gas in your car, right? But you would put really bad gas, which is food, right, and liquids that are bad, in your body. You do without thought. And then you wonder why, oh, I don't feel good. I feel tired all the time. I don't feel well. Oh, it's because I'm aging. Aging doesn't make you not feel good. It's not taking I care mean, of your body. I mean, I have been guilty of hitting Starbucks 
frappuccinos here and there. Not since you've known me. But only sparingly and only in the summer. Yeah, but it's so infrequent. Well, it's a habit. They're addicted to it. So, I mean, I see people like we have hospitals really close to us. We have hospital people in the building. And they literally, there's orders for the hospital or for like different offices. And they eat for lunch a huge 16-ounce Whatever that whipped cream crap is that they sell, which, by the way, I I think I've had once in my whole life. Once. That's it. That's what they eat for their lunch. That's what they're nourishing themselves at lunch. That's the number one problem. So really, the media should be telling you to take responsibility for your own health and polish up your immune system. Get it to be like in good working order because you may be getting this stuff. You may get it. I remember once I was in a Starbucks and this younger woman waddled in, stretch pants and flip flops and just, and she goes over and she picks up a tray of four of these monster drinks (laughs) and she waddles out again. And I'm watching her. She goes to the car and I'm thinking she's leaving. Wrong. She comes back for the second wave. Yeah, she's getting for all the so people at her eight office. Of eight fatso's in her office are drinking all. I mean, the probably biggest, the biggest ones you can find. Yeah, that's what they eat for lunch. The grande. That's their lunch, hon, because they cost a lot of money, right? So that's their lunch. That's what people eat for lunch. So it's coffee and sugar and dairy. So we wonder why we hear that there are people that are young that get it that got sick, or they're really sick from it. They caught it. How could that possibly be? They might not even know they have diabetes. You know how many people that are walking around that don't know they have diabetes because they don't have health insurance or they don't think they do? So there's a lot of problems here. And one of them is the media because they do not tell you the information that you need. And they don't tell you, well, how can you prevent from getting really sick and end up in the hospital, you know, on a ventilator and not end up coming out? It would be taking care of the immune system that God gave you. Right? We, we're built with this. It's, in, it's like the engine in the car. <laughs> the thing you need the most in your car is taking care of the engine. So you wouldn't put like just anything in it to get it to run. So anyway, um, very good resource, Gary Nell. I'm just telling you guys, um, just for health in general. And you'll learn a lot about vaccines, Bill Gates, uh, Anthony Fauci. I'm not going to, it's too much to go into, but I would go back. I would go back as far as into April. Oh, I found out today. Guess who? Bill Listen G- to the podcasts. Guess who Bill Gates fronted money to to who? start his. Uh, I have no idea. Howard Schultz. Oh, get out of here! Remember, Mister. Oh, I'm just a little businessman from the ghetto. Mister. Starbucks. Yeah. Oh God! So we That's have him to thank Star- for that. Starbucks was a startup company in Seattle. So he probably figured, That's- let's get everybody sugared up, and then I'll have to get yeah. to get. You know, shove vaccines and then when they get really sick. You got it. Anyway, so Tony has a whole bunch of stories. I don't know which story you're doing first. Well, I'm going to stick with the vaccine since you got me going on that one. Yeah, the only thing... Robert I- F. Kennedy Jr. is not happy about this. Now I have to go to my phone. Oh, my God. <laughs> we have to do everything differently this now because of the... so different the to me. The COVID. We, we usually have everything not printed only, out for not Tony. Not only that, I am uh, out, of, out of pads and we can't find any. <laughs> yeah, we need to buy more pads notepads so i can't do it the old-fashioned way unless you know i become like abe lincoln and eleanor yeah wrote, pretty soon we're going to be going by candlelight wrote things on a shovel 
<laughs> this is out of the Waking Times. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. explains why he says the CDC is actually a vaccine company. Okay, let the story come up. All right. As most federal agencies have been co-opted by the corporations they are supposed to regulate, the CDC has become little more than an arm of the vaccine industry, says Robert F. Kennedy Jr., a leading voice in the vaccine safety movement. According to Robert F. Kennedy Jr., there's a phenomenon that is very well documented called agency capture, which is a dynamic which the agency that's supposed to protect the American public from bad drugs or from pollution ultimately becomes a subsidiary or a sock puppet for the industry that it is supposed to regulate. Ooh, that sounds like the Cuomo story. Very similar, right? I have to switch microphones here. <laughs> Pilot to tower. Oops, look out, hold on. All right, back to the story. To illustrate, Kennedy explains in an interview with RT America that Julie Gerber... Gerberding, the former head of the CDC from 2002 to 2009, was involved in a plethora of scandals including billion-dollar deals with leading vaccine manufacturer Merck, the silencing of vaccine whistleblower William Thompson, and the approval of several vaccines which scientists within the CDC had spoken out against as unsafe for mass consumption. After Julie Gerberding stepped down to become the head of the CDC's vaccine department, Brenda Fitzgerald, the CDC director from 2017 to 18, had to resign after being caught buying shares of Merck's stock while holding her position. Now, Robert F. Kennedy, oh, that banging was my cat. <laughs> the He's CDC is actually a vaccine company. It has a total budget of about $11 billion per year. It spends $5 billion of that buying vaccines from those four, Merck, GlaxoSmithKline, Sanofi, and Pfizer companies, making sweetheart deals, which we pay more with our taxpayer money than they pay for the exact same vaccine in Europe. Of course. In addition to profiting from vaccine sales, the CDC itself owns the patents to many vaccines collecting royalties of up to 150000 per year while their scientists study them. Vaccine manufacturers also have legal indemnity preventing them from being sued for harm. Guess who started that, people? Ronald Reagan. The related 1986 law states, no vaccine manufacturer shall be liable in a civil action for damages arising from a vaccine-related injury or death. I would have loved to seen the look on Ronald Reagan's face that sound when he found out his son was gay. <laughs> but, no, but, but do you, Ricochet, what's the matter? That's our bubba, our, little, our oldest cat. Um, but you see the similarity, right? So he's, you take a vaccine, you have no course of action, you cannot sue, although they have paid out people regarding vaccines but they can never say how much they got you know settlements but that you you have no right to sue so they're gonna yeah because i'm seeing commercials for zantac now which i used to take yeah a lot of millions so now i'm sweating bullets no you'll be fine but then again i smoked for about 10 years so and you're okay all right no but they still and they sold it for but i don't i don't i even stopped taking the zantac even before the recall right but there's remember i hadn't taken it for a while law that you can't sue in this case 
that you cannot sue anyone regarding the vaccine, any vaccine that you take. So if they start giving out a vaccine and something happens to you, you get sick, you die, whatever, you have a disease and they think it's because of the things that they put in the vaccine, there's no recourse for you. You have nothing. Just like COVID-19, you can't sue the hospital or the doctors. You have no recourse here in this state because of Cuomo. Mm. Go ahead, Okay, Robert F. Kennedy goes on to say, these are zero liability products. No matter how toxic the ingredient, no matter how grievous your injury, no matter how negligent the company, you cannot sue them. Kennedy also points out that the same companies which produce vaccines have been caught in numerous scandals with other products such opioid-based painkillers and many other drugs which are shown to cause harm after being approved by the government agencies. So he goes on to say, to think that those same companies somehow are corrupt on every other product, but somehow when it comes to vaccines, they found Jesus and they're not going to do that when they know that they can't get caught. Well, they can't get punished. There's no punishment. Now, Robert F. Kennedy has become a leader in the vaccine safety movement due to his history as an environmental health activist, chairmanship of the Children's Health Defense Initiative, and his notoriety as former President John F. Kennedy's nephew. And he's had lawsuits. Well, he hasn't had lawsuits. He's had, he has spoken about this, but because there are no way, there's no way to, to sue, but... Now, if he decides, if they decide to make this vaccine mandatory, there will be lawsuits. There will be lawsuits in regard to it not being constitutional. Now, you know who those people are going to be. Those are going to be the liberals. They're going to be the right-wing conservatives, right? They're going to be the conspiracy people, and they're going to be the people with the guns. All of these people and the libertarians, all of these types of people are going to be very resident they're going to be very hesitant and very leery about taking any vaccination from the government which they should be and that will open the door for kennedy and his um his team to build the case now this is also from the waking times about bill gates test to meet mandatory vaccinations and real-time global surveillance from space this is also the waking times now, by now, it is no secret the World Health Organization and the United Nations are among the many organizations funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. In previous reports, we have extensively documented Gates' global vaccination programs and their connections to the UN's Sustainable Development Goals under the 2030 Agenda. Just in time for me to start collecting Social Security. In this report, we document how Bill Gates is not only working to fulfill the UN's global vaccine program, but how Gates is also working to take control of the food supply chain globally, a long-desired achievement of the UN. Also find out about the mandatory vaccination policy kept under wraps in addition to another Gates-funded venture to blanket the earth with real-time surveillance from space. Now, these are links. I'm going to post this article on our Progressive Union wall. One of them, Bill Gates worked to end livestock production, pushed lab-grown meat. Another link, United Nations to end hunger by 2030, eating less meat is key. Another link, Envision 2030, goal number two, zero hunger. Are you putting these on our Facebook page? It's all going to be in one. Okay, good. 
Bill Gates funding geoengineering research. Another one, Eye in the Sky, Bill Gates backs real-time global satellite surveillance network. Another link, Bill Gates backs $1 billion plan to cover Earth in video surveillance satellites. Here's another one. Why is the Gates Foundation investing in GM giant Monsanto? Telling you people we're getting closer. They're no friends of the people. We're getting closer and closer to Soylent Green <laughs> with Charlton Heston. Google that too. Okay, now, let me be a little more subversive with <laughs> another article here. Uh, this is more of the corporate vein. Tony's scrolling away. I'm scrolling away. You're getting so modernized, Tony. Don't Tony. worry, I'll give you a little, in, uh, give you a little intimate entertainment info so it's not totally gloom and doom. Yeah, we can't do that. We just got our wine delivery. We were, we were part also, of if you're on YouTube, go to a link that says, anti. this is the Jimmy Dore Show. Go to a link. That says, anti-war veterans speak against Memorial Day hypocrisy with Major Danny Surgenson. That's a Jimmy Dore show. So if you go to YouTube. I listened to it to a day. I listened to it today. And he is a major with major league buyer remorse from being in the service. What he saw, what he was involved in. And it, it's, it's a brilliant clip. It's about 45 minutes. All right. This is out of CNN. More corporate thievery. Hertz has paid, you know, Hertz rental car. Mm -hmm. I was thinking this was the O.J. Simpson company. No, that was Avis when he used to run through the airport. Was it Avis? It was Wasn't Avis. Hertz? When he used to do the... the I think it was... I think it no, was it, was, it was Avis, hon. Really? Okay. Yeah. Hertz paid out millions of dollars in bonuses to its executives just before its bankruptcy and a month after it started laying off thousands of employees. Retention bonuses are typical for bankrupt companies that want to prevent their management from abandoning ship. But they've always... Hertz. Avis was... Um, OJ was Hertz. He was Hertz? I thought he was Avis. Hertz. Whatever. 1978 was the last commercial. Oops. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, abandoning ship. They're always... But they're always awkward. The company cannot pay its employees or its debts to lenders... But it prioritizes payments to its already handsomely paid bosses. Right, because nobody's renting cars. Hertz obviously. paid a total total of sixteen point two million to three hundred and forty executives on May nineteenth, as part of a plan to keep them in place while the company attempts attempts to reorganize. The company announced in a filing with the SEC. It states. The executives will be required to return the money should they leave Hertz on their own before March 31st, 2021. So they're kind of being held hostage. Paul Stone, who was just promoted to CEO three days before the retention bonuses were awarded, got $700,000 under the plan. Chief Financial Officer Jameer Jackson got six hundred dollars while Chief Marketing Officer Jody Allen got about $190,000. The company did not respond to a request for comment, but said in its SEC filing that the payments are justified by financial and operational uncertainty that the company and its employees face. Also, Hertz also declared the payments necessary because of the substantial additional efforts undertaken by the company's key employees oh, with a reduced please. workforce 
and the risks to the company if key employees decide to leave. Oh, please. Those people don't do anything. Those still, are the big ones. Still, paying bonuses to executive isn't a great look. The car rental company let go of... 14,300 of its workers since April 14th, which is nearly half its staff. Hertz has serious financial problems that have been exacerbated by the plunge in air travel in recent months because of the coronavirus pandemic. Yeah, they didn't bail them out. Okay, additional job losses are probably coming at Hertz. The company's press release Friday night said it planned to close an undisclosed number of its locations away from airports. It had 2,600 such locations in the United States as of last year. Hertz still owes about an average of $4,300 in termination pay to 2,500 employees or just under $11 million in total. It said that paying the termination pay will maintain goodwill with employees. Are they for real? Reduce the risk of litigation and make it easier to rehire some of the employees. Oh, they're not going to rehire yeah, anybody. Probably, yeah, they're going to have a robot. Listen. Once more normal levels of travel resume. We have been listening to a lot of economists, right? Lots. And most likely, even our financial advisor who we're now talking to, they are not going to hire anybody that's like gotten laid off. Half of the people, if you're lucky, will be. According to back. a show I listened to, if you if a company has laid off ten workers, depending on the size of the company, they're lucky they're going to rehire three of them. So that's depending about le- a little less than a third. Right, and the bigger the company, the the less people they'll deal with, right? Because they're just going to give you more work. And they're going to get rid of the other people. If it's a very small company, then obviously they can't get rid of everybody. But, you know, they're not going to go back to the same level. They're not. They're going to be like, you know what? We've been doing all this stuff from home. Maybe we could do more with less. Yeah. Right? We even have a governor talking about that, doing at-home schooling. This is according to Robert Wright. As the majority of the country struggles to pay the bills and put food on the table, America's billionaires have never had it better. Here's how much their wealth has soared in this pandemic so far. Okay, baldy Jeff Bezos has made $34.6 billion. Oh, that makes me sick. We ordered so much stuff. I couldn't spend that money in 100 lifetimes. I wouldn't know know what to spend it on. No one can. No one can. It's impossible. He's just collecting money at this point. Mark Zuckerberg, $25 billion. Okay, uh, Spaceman Spliff, Elon Musk, $11 billion. <laughs> Bill Gates made $8 billion and he wants to move up. Yeah, of course. Larry does. Ellison, I have no idea who this person is, but he made $7 billion. I, don't, I keep hearing this name, but I don't know what he does. No, I don't either. Collectively, America's billionaires have enjoyed $434 billion dollars in wealth increase over the past two months in those same two months nearly 40 million americans have lost their jobs and the unemployment numbers have soared to great depression era levels the system is rigged folks yeah and remember everything's going up too like i have on my twitter feed lots of stories um number one uh keep an eye out for covid19 surcharges they're actually doing that restaurants they're giving you a small surcharge because of covid19 food prices i'm sure everybody's noticed here in this state in this city are soaring everything's more money so very expensive to go to the grocery store and of course a lot of us are very hesitant about even doing a takeout order 
So everybody's going to the grocery store. So the grocery stores are taking advantage of the 68% increase they have in sales by raising the prices, right? So we have that problem. Um, where else was I going? They are talking about um, having more outside seating in restaurants here in the city, which is a great idea because the more you're outside, the better. Um, there's another article that I was looking at, and now I don't remember where it is, but I do remember what it was about. Air conditioning is not your friend in this situation. Now, if you live in a house with the same people and, you know, you're not having a lot of guests over and stuff like that, then you're good. So you put your air conditioning on, it's you, your husband, your kids, and there's the same people all the time, uh, and they're being careful, most likely you'll be okay. Obviously, you could still get the virus. There is ways to get it. But if you're going in public, you're going to a public place and there's air conditioning, not good. Because those vents and those air conditioners move everything around. And they did a study where there was people, 10 people sitting at a table and somebody at the table had the virus and the virus actually went to the table that was at the very front of the restaurant and infected three people. So air conditioning is not a friend when we're dealing with this uh, pandemic. You're better off if you're going to take the chance to go out to eat, trusting that the people that are serving you and making your food don't have the virus and nobody in the building has the virus, uh, you might sit outside because at least you'll be outside in the sun where I said viruses die in the sun and you're in the fresh air and there's no air conditioning. Now, if it's 150 degrees, <laughs> and humid, that might not be a choice for you. Uh, and it wouldn't be a choice for me either. But air conditioning in public places is something that you want to stay away from. Stay away from air conditioning. Not good. So, but I'm welcoming the warm weather, even though I don't like it to be humid. It was so humid today. But the warm weather is our friend when we're talking about viruses and getting sick and flus and bacteria and all these things that make us sick because they don't survive in the heat. So the more you're outside, if you're gonna have a gathering, have a barbecue, be outside, keep everybody outside in the sun. Uh, it's good for your health, good for your immune system. Staying in, if you have any friends that you know that are just like afraid to ever go outside and even take a walk by themselves, you gotta tell them to get outside. Yeah, get the hell out. They need sun, they need exercise, they need vitamin D. So and get out. Get out. <laughs> okay, now I know all you people that are and in you're watching a lot of movies so a little entertainment okay get away from the gloom break. and doom jurassic world part three is in the planning stages oh, it's called jurassic world dominion but it's in the planning stages so it is in the planning stages it will star chris pratt and bryce dallas howard and guess who's coming back into the fold for this one movie no idea I don't sam neill laura dern and Jeff Goldblum. Okay. I'm still not interested. But, but Jurassic, Pearl, Jurassic World Dominion, once that movie's made, guess what? What? They're going to start another trilogy of Jurassic Park pictures. So stupid. So this one, Jurassic World Dominion, they wear me out, it is not the end. I'm not interested. I'm so off. I don't care. I'm done with the dinosaurs. Not I mean, I, I am so... Now, as a kid, I loved dinosaurs, and I loved Batman. Yeah, they're cool. 
But not so much of it. Now I'm sick to death of both of them. Mm -hmm. They've actually killed it for me. Mm -hmm. I like Batman. The first Batman. There's going to be another Batman with Robert Pattinson. I'm curious. Now that I heard that Johnny Depp might show up as the Joker. I'm still not really interested. I wouldn't be the path to the theater, but I would watch it. You know, it's if a good I movie. could get on video on demand. I don't know if this is on your list to talk about, but the movie that we saw with uh, Adam Sandler, Uncut Gems. Such a good movie. Crazy movie. Watch We're, it. Great. Where is it? Is it on Netflix? Where is it now? Uh, I think it's I, on I don't Netflix know, people, I, or it's, HBO. It's Netflix. out there somewhere, but yeah. it's but it's a good movie. I think it's the last movie we saw out in the movies and. Was good. Speaking of Netflix, there is a movie that is almost 10 years old that appeared and disappeared very quickly and now is setting Netflix on fire. What movie is a that? lot of people are renting it. It is a movie called. Streaming it. It is a sci fi thriller called Lockout. I saw this movie. I don't know. Did years I see and years. No, no, you didn't watch it. No. It is stars Guy Pierce. I don't remember any movies. Guy Pierce and Maggie Grace, and it takes place in a prison planet. It's kind of, it's Another kind of, prison planet it's movie. kind of like Escape from New York, but it has a little more humor to it. Are there any aliens in it? No. Oh, thank God. You know, All Maggie right. Grace plays the president's daughter, and somehow on a fact-finding tour, she gets stuck in a ride, and Guy Pierce has got to go break her out so he can get some kind of uh, presidential pardon. Okay. And I'm thinking, I'm sitting there and I'm watching and I'm like, this reminds me of Escape from New York, but I liked it. Because right. it was an hour and a half, a lot of action, some tongue-in-cheek laughs. Maybe people will like but it. But because Guy Pierce is not really a big star, it kind of slipped through the cracks. Oh my God, let's tell people to stay far away from that movie we watched the other night. So bad. Oh, Ready... Um, what's the name of the damn Ready thing? or Not. Ready or Not. Oh my God, this was abysmal it was the pits it was a waste of time I about lost two hours of my life about a bunch of satan worshiping one percenters <laughs> oh my god it was just stupid and we thought it was gonna be funny there's nothing funny about it uh people are like oh the ending's great i'm like nothing's worth sitting around waiting for that it wasn't such a great ending it has a very interesting looking trailer they spliced it together to look good and by the way this is a little tidbit it has two directors. So two people made this really bad, stupid movie. And it just has gratuitous um, uh, gore that nobody needs to see, especially now. So don't watch this movie. It's just the worst. You might think it sounds cute and funny. Okay, it's not. Now you have directors like John Carpenter, <laughs> William Friedkin, and Brian De Palma sitting there waiting for the phone to ring. I think they're too old for the phone to be ringing, hon. They're old. They were they? no older than Alfred Hitchcock when he's still floating around. Well, whatever. Movies. But now they don't want anybody old. So sad. No, they're sick of their having their movies. Oh, no. Brad, Brian De Palma just made a movie. He did? And, of course, he had a problem with the studio. They took it. They recut it. He had a fit. They turned it into some... Something dumb. Like we just watched. Some hour and a half mishmash that he said he didn't recognize. John Carpenter has been off the screen for almost about 10 years. Well, there's got to be somebody with a brain in their head to make a movie because I never see anything good. Very rare. Very. Well, I, when, you, when you have Disney going, taking through, over going everything. through Hollywood like a black hole. And Broadway. And swallowing up every friggin' studio. Three quarters of the theaters in New York are Disney. 
So I'm not unhappy that none of those shows like I are said put a on. The shows ago, they swallowed up. I forget what studio they swallowed up, but they swallowed up while they swallowed. They swallowed the rights to the Predator, and they want to do that again. Oh no, they got to stop this remaking. Nobody watches any of this stuff. So what else do you have, Tony? That's it, baby. All righty. So that's our show. I've shot my wad. Don't forget Gary No. Listen to him. Get the podcast. It's it's really uh, great information for everyone. Take good care of your health. Keep doing the right thing, and we'll all get through this. All righty. Till next time. <laughs> See ya.